This podcast is brought to you by Heinen's. Founded in 1929 in Shaker Heights, Ohio, by local butcher Joe Heinen, Heinen's has grown to 23 total locations, with 19 stores in the Cleveland area and four in the North Shore suburbs of Chicago. After years of building connection with Midwest farmers, it became a part of Heinen's nature to do business with smaller regional companies. Today, Heinen's is proud to carry nearly 700 Midwest-made non-produce items that are present in all departments. For more information, go to Heinen's.com. Welcome to the Craft Food Classroom Podcast, where we help make food business simple at every stage of growth. Brought to you by Central Kitchen Media. And now, here's your host, Eric Diamond. This is Eric Diamond bringing you the next episode of the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast. I'm really excited about this one. We've got a special guest co-host today, and we've got a very special guest, and we're at a very special location. So first, let me introduce Graham Russell of Cooking with Carl Instagram fame. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. So tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, uh, my name is Graham. I started a cooking Instagram page years ago, just as a little joke, and uh, it's from the point of view of my dog, so it gives me, <laughs> gives me a little more freedom to make bathroom jokes that I probably wouldn't be able to do as an adult uh, male. So, When did you start that? started about four years ago. Oh, that's very cool. Awesome, awesome. So they can find you at Cooking with Carl on Instagram? Yep, Cooking with Carl on Instagram, and I'm also on TikTok at Cooking with Carl. Cool. So besides that, what else are you up to? Just raising my two daughters and we bought a new house a few years ago. So just remodeling that, painting it, and just doing all that fun stuff. But cool. other than that, it's me and the family and eating well. Very cool. And we are at Collision Ben. We are honored to have Luke Purcell here with us, the owner and founder of Collision Ben. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks. Awesome. So tell us about Collision Ben. How did the idea come about? When did you start it? Well, this, the building that we're in was housed the Watermark restaurant years ago. It had sat empty for a long 15 years, I think it was, 14, 15 years, somewhere around there. And as things started growing down the flats, you know, they did the whole new section, all the buildings down at the other end yep, here yep. Um, are, are new. And so uh, the guys that are my partners, they wanted to put something into this space. They gotcha. were uh, friends with and they became partners since then with the Samsel family who sure. has a place across the street who was a part owner of our building. And when they knew they wanted to do something and then they thought a brew pub was a good idea, which may or may not be the case. <laughs> so I I was at Great Lakes Brewing for 20 plus years, yeah. spent a lot of time there and had become kind of a, I guess, friendly local advisor towards anybody starting up. We always like to help people That's cool. help each other out. So that's kind of what the conversation got started as friend of a friend of these guys, a mutual friend of ours got us together and they just were kind of seeking out some advice. And I got down here and looked at the space and looked at the river and had some memories from the early <laughs> the old, old days, days yeah. of the flats yeah. and yeah, the nostalgia got the best of me and they convinced me to jump ship and come on down, down the hill here. Dang, so, and when was that? So that would have been 20, 2016 when the talk started. And we ended up breaking ground in October of 2016, and we were open by April of 2017. Wow. Which was pretty actually amazing because we had to go down to the dirt on the brewery side of the building, and we had to cut out drains on the on the whole restaurant side because that was the biggest issue at the building was 
the drainage really was, was pretty bad yeah uh, other than that though it was just a it was it was a pretty it's an amazing spot easy build out yeah, yeah. actually gorgeous i actually remember you i met you when you were at great lakes probably the best birthday present i'll just tell a quick story best birthday present i ever got my wife bought me beer school at great lakes and like she dropped oh, yeah. me off like every wednesday night I'd get hammered. You were there <laughs> telling great stories. Yeah. And then she'd pick me up and drive me back home. It was, you told this great story, though, about the barley wine. You know, the mix-up with the, uh, I think it was Christmas sale you were telling. And they put it down in the basement. And they found it years later. And it yeah. ended up being an amazing barley wine. That's- yeah, that barley wine was around for a long time. That was, uh, <laughs> it was an amazing thing, actually. And then finding those extra barrels in the basement, um, that was kind of a bonus to that whole thing. We got some of the, I think it was for a Cleveland, Cleveland Beer Week event or... One of the events in town here, we got all the old brewers together for That's from cool. Great Lakes and kind of did a collective tasting of just that barley wine. Really? They were the ones that actually, uh, when I when I came on board at Great Lakes, that had been around, was already aging for a couple of years, and I just kind of babysat it for 20 years. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get into the brewing business? How did you become a brewer? Are you a home brewer? I was a home brewer, yeah. Brewing. Familiar story with a lot of us brewers, especially back then. Uh, home brewing. There wasn't a lot of uh, great beers to try around right. town yet. There, you know, there was Great Lakes and there was Crooked River. Yeah, I remember back, Crooked back River. Down here in the flats. But really, there wasn't a whole lot going on in the beer scene yet. And and I liked beer, so I started making my own. I wanted I wanted better stuff. And a friend of mine and I started, uh, got a little home brew kit and kind of got the ball rolling. And then I met some folks from Great Lakes because we were just, you know, big fans. And Somehow or another, I stumbled into a temporary job <laughs> at Great Lakes, and 20 years later, I'm still wondering what the heck happened. But that's was it. Um, was it always your your dream to own your own brewery? Uh, I mean, I think it's I think it's always in the back of your head. Yeah, you know, I don't know that it was a, like something. I, I it was. You know, I was at the big brewery in town, the only brewery for a time when Crooked River closed. There was yep. a couple other small ones, but we were kind of the big boys on the block for a long time. Yeah. So. It wasn't something I was in a hurry to leave that sure. situation. I was learning. They sent me to beer school several times, several different courses and things like that to keep, you know, keep educating myself. And so they were a great company to work for. So I wasn't in a big hurry to leave, but I think it's always in the back of your head to, to try to start your own thing, yeah. do your own thing. So yeah, so, I mean, it was always there. It just wasn't always on the front burner. It was sure. Back so going out on your own, what's been the biggest challenge? The biggest thing you didn't expect? I think... Uh, I think honestly, learning learning more about the business. I was pretty lucky. My old job, I, I got to do a lot of different wear a lot of different hats over there. So I did learn a lot about the industry on on both sides, on yep. the sales side, and I traveled around to different regions, dealt with distributors and things like that. But even that, even that, coming to the table with a kind of pretty balanced skill set yep. as far as the industry goes, there's still so much more to. And when you're with that bigger company, you you have people, right? Right. Oh, we have to. We have to make a, a UPC for our can. Like we have people. <laughs> That's this department. That's this department. And then, so Ben Northheim is our is our head brewer here now. And him and I, he started here with day one from us as as my assistant. And um, and it didn't take long to realize uh, we kind of hit the jackpot with him. I, awesome. I think he's one of the best brewers in town. And uh, That's cool. Elevated his status pretty quickly around here. So him and I built that thing and learned these things as we go. And uh, Stuff like that, little things like right. that. You're like, oh, I mean, and luckily, like I said, we all try to help each other. Sure. So it's easy to call another brewery. It's easy for me to call back, back home. Right. <laughs> like, hey, how do I do this? You know, or connect me with the right people. But those were the things. And they just, and one of them was honestly, uh, 
grocery store stuff. Really? We started selling canned beer. We started selling beer to the bars. Yep. You know, kegs. And it was like, here, here's your keg. Here's a check. You know, right. there's a little invoice we made on, on QuickBooks or whatever. Yep. And, and, oh, this is easy, you know? And then it was like trying to, trying to start to play with the big boys a little bit. And, uh, Heinen's, Heinen's is like been awesome to us. They're, That's great. They're always awesome to all local businesses. They really are. You know, their reputation's out there already. And they were a big part of stuff like that. Like, That's well, cool. you have to do this and this and this. And when you get into the bigger chains, it's different. They yeah. have much more, much more in-depth paperwork and things like this to fill out. And we're like, well, we just want to bring you the beer and you just give us a check. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work like that. And, he, you know, but uh, John Pogermeyer at Heinen's, uh, He's like, listen, here's the forms. I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to help you with this. You know, I'll f- he basically filled out our first form to, to register a brand with, yeah. with, right with me. Sat there right with me and filled it out. You know, so it's amazing. It's been an amazing partnership from day one since we started selling beer outside of the, these walls. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, even with Essential Kitchen, many of our products are, our customers' products are carried at Heinen's. And it's usually their big first retail client is Heinen's and Heinen's is always willing to, you know, support new ideas and support home businesses. So it's been a great, great collaboration. You mentioned something about collaboration. I've always found it interesting in kind of the beer world. You guys all are very collaborative. It's like, you guys don't look at each other as necessarily competition. Uh, you guys want to want to see everybody rise type thing. Yeah. Well, that's, that's always been the way it was. And it made, you know, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm surprised that it still is like that as much as it is to tell you the truth. As the industry started growing, there was, I want to say, around um, maybe 1,800 breweries in the country when I started. Very short time before that, there was, you know, the low, the low point was like 46 breweries in the country. Wow. Uh, and the high, previous, wow. the high previous point was like 1,500. Really? Before that, you before, know. Now it's. Yeah. And then, now it's over, coming up on 8,000, I believe. That's so, crazy. So, yeah, with the competition just becoming more and more fierce you know yes. it, it's still it is a little bit surprising although being in the industry for as long as i have i'm not i'm, I'm happy that it's still like that. that's sure. one of the reasons why i stayed in it for so long right because it is collaborative and we do all all help i can call any brewer in the country right now even if i don't know them like hey i heard you guys ran into this you know this problem with you know something yeah. with a heat exchanger or something it, silly sure. in the brewery and oh yeah 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 here's what happened here's a guy you know it, no one bats an eye at helping each other. So that's awesome. There's competition out on the streets, though. They're fighting, fighting, and fighting, fighting for market for share, selling beer and market share, and you know, there's there. It's out there, but one of the other great things about Collision Ben is you've got amazing food. You know, oh, yeah. I, I, my uh, my wife actually came here for a birthday party, and she came back. She, I think that's the best pizza in Cleveland that I had tonight. She, oh, like, wow, she that's was awesome. like, yeah. she's like, it was it was absolutely amazing. And you, do you it, was that like a very conscious effort as you wanted to absolutely yeah tie yeah. the food in with the with absolutely. the beer. Absolutely, it's quality with quality, right? Sure. So you wanna you wanna be serving things up to stand up to each other's standards. Uh, I and I did throughout my career, uh, beer dinners and things like that yep. were a big part of some of the things that I did while I was traveling. And just kind of hosted many beer dinners with different chefs, and the the experience to be able to have the right beer with the right food. Yeah, it kind of changes the game a little bit. Right. So it's not just come down here and have beer. It's like come down here. We have, you know, obviously we're a brewery. We want people coming down here. Hopefully, we get a lot of beer enthusiasts coming yep. down here. Yep. But we have, you know, a great wine list, and we have. Our, our bartenders, our bar, bar staff love to make up the cocktails and lists and everything Very like cool. that. So they have all the kind of fun with that. And the food goes along with that. It's quality with quality. So 
you have to, to me, you have to have that and kind of set, it's hard to set yourself apart. If you don't have that. We have the view, you know. Right. The river. <laughs> yeah. That sets us apart, you know. Like, and the bridge, I mean, the view is what do they come spectacular. For? Someone asked me once, what do they come for? You think the food or the beer? And I said, they come for the view. <laughs> we try to keep them here with the other stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. We are going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Heinen's. This is Eric Diamond bringing you the Craft Food Classroom with Luke and Graham. We will be back. Hey, this is Barry at Central Kitchen Media. If you want a chance to tour Collision Bend Brewery and some other amazing local breweries, leave a rating and a review of this podcast and shoot me an email, barry at thecentral.kitchen. You'll be entered to win a trip for you and a friend on City Brew Tours Cleveland to hop on their bus, you drink, they drive, and you'll get to check out some amazing local breweries, including Collision Bend. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review. And special thanks to our friends at Heinen's for being here with us today. We are back with the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast sponsored by Heinen's. And uh, this is always one of my favorite segments of the show. We get to try food, but we're at a brewery. So Graham and Luke and I, obviously, we're going to try some beer. All right. Luke, uh, tell, us what, tell us what we're drinking. Uh, so we have samples of... Uh off draft here, but these are the products that we can. Um, three of these ones are actually available in the stores in oh, very stores cool. right now. Very cool. Um, it's kind of not in order. Our little flight thing is, is numbered off the menu. Okay. So they kind of bounce around order, um, but they coincide with the menu. So it's Perfect. the bartenders can do the numbers and Perfect. the guests can play, you know, play with it and they know what they're drinking. So it's not too confusing. But I'm going to go to the third one over, Okay. which is our Hope Flows. It's a Kolsch style. That's probably, t- this is more like tasting order. Yes, so we don't this wanna- is tasting order. Okay. Yeah. So this is a Kolsch. I got you. So that's a, Kolsch is a, is a light Kolsch style, we have to call it. Not okay. allowed to make a Kolsch beer, sort of like the champagne thing. Really? Yeah. Kolsch needs to be brewed in Cologne, Germany. And ours is brewed in Cleveland, Ohio. Ohio. So <laughs> This is a Kolsch style beer. Kolsch style beer. That's the right way to say it. Yes. Uh, it's a nice light German ale. Very um, is. It's really fun it's over delicious. there. If you're drinking them, they keep serving you beers. They walk around with trays of Kolsch beer, and they just they just keep putting one in front of you. Goes down real easy. It and does, just, and that's the idea behind it. And they, they have these small little Kolsch beer glasses, and they keep putting them in front of you until you can't. until you stop them. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a secret code on how to stop them, and I don't know if I should reveal that. Let everyone learn the hard way. If you ever end up in Cologne, Germany, that's cool. But this is delicious. It's, it's very very, very light, very crisp. Yeah. So this beer, um, the name came about. We're sitting here, and we had paired up with a, with a foundation called Champions of Hope. Okay. Um, they do some help for cancer patients. Uh, in some of the loose ends, tying up some of the loose ends, they give people rides to the to their appointments. Interesting. Like that. That's super cool. Yeah. Some, so it's, it, we thought it was a neat one, and we started with them, and they wanted something. Hope was in the name, so Hope Flows came out of my head when we were sitting in a meeting, and I'm watching the river, the river flow, flow and beer flows and blah, 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 whatever. So That's awesome. Sometimes names come about, but it's a rotating... Proceeds go to charity. Sure. Oh, nice. Uh, but it's a rotating thing. Gotcha. So, you know, like coming up on a breast cancer awareness, awareness. month. Yep. So that's the next one in line. So it's just, it's changing all the time, but that's kind of the idea behind that, that beer. Great. So is it this one that's always on the menu? Always on the menu and available in, in a can year round as well. I love a Kolsch and this is a delicious Kolsch style beer. It's delicious. All right. What's next? 
So after that, we would go to the two. We have two IPAs on the on the table. After that, we would go to the Lake Erie Sunset, but we're actually going to have that with something our chef's going to make a little bit later. Excellent. So that would be the next in tasting order. Now we have two IPAs. The, the lighter of the two is uh, the first beer, number two. Okay. It's called Square One. Square One, okay. So what it is called a, uh, a session IPA. It's right around 5%. You so can drink more of it. That's the idea behind right. them. Right. Um, it has a citric and mosaic, mosaic hop blend, which is a very two very popular citrusy hops right now. I get that citrus right away. Yeah, so this one's uh You can definitely pretty, taste the mosaic happy. hop. It's a it's tough style. To, I know we all make a lot of different IPAs nowadays, and uh, some of them are brewer friendly as far as like, you can kind of, it's kind of not as, what I put it to a chef, like cooking chicken thighs instead of chicken. Breasts. Right, right. Some of them more, are a little, some are a little more friendly. They don't, it's foolproof. Yeah, I guess. yeah right, right. Um, but this style's not. It's so it's so light that it's you can really like over hop it, over bitter it pretty easily. So it's hard to get the right balance in these session IPAs. I think Benny did a great job on that. Oh, that's a phenomenal. I, I, one of the issues I've had with IPAs over the years is it's just become such a hot bomb, right? How much more hops juice can you add into that? How much more? <laughs> yeah. And it becomes just bitter at some point yeah. they all begin tasting alike sure you're right you're right about that i've talked about that for a lot of years actually a lot of a lot of the talks that i've done i, co- I compare it to the hot pepper like scoville unit <laughs> yeah, <thing. right. laughs> at some point like 20 million scovilles like at some point you're just burning Bring your face off. Off. Yeah, it's like same thing with hops so but there's a trend towards like the hazy ipas yeah. the new england style yeah, and that's yep. much less bitterness and we're learning from that style whether it be with a regular ipa or not that it's not necessarily all about the bitterness. We just kind of like for a lot of years we're making IPAs, and we just think that goes with it. So you have that's an acquired taste. You sure. have to get used to it. And then it became a little bit of a machismo thing, like with the hot pepper. Like I want it with a hundred international bittering <laughs> how units. How bitter and, can I make it? Yeah, how bitter can you make it? And it's kind of trending the other way now. A good it's like people glad. are understanding that there's flavor, bitterness, and aroma to hops. It's not all just the one thing. Yeah, so. not the hop. You bond. talk about uh, trends. What what would you say is the biggest trend in beer now? Oh my gosh. Because IPAs were huge, you know. It's like rotating, ago. you know. It's still IPAs. The biggest trend is probably the, the hazy New England, New England or hazy style IPA. I really think it was, it's like, see, I remember days when we were making an IPA and we were the only ones drinking the IPA. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like the old time around the block in, in Cleveland, at least. Uh, I really do. We were making it, we were making it for ourselves. That was it. We had, it was a style that was pretty much extinct. Um, it's an English originally an English style, India Pale Ale. Yep, yep. The whole story about, you know, making the trip around to the troops in India from England and they added more hops, they added more alcohol to help help it hold up. Ah. Um, and so that was a style that really was unnecessary as far as they were concerned at a certain point in history. They didn't make it anymore and the American craft brewer picked it up and were like, we're going to make this. And started playing around with it. Kind of crazy with it. <laughs> and like I said, I think most of us were brewing it for ourselves back then. And now if you talk to most brewers, we're like, IPA. IPA. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because it is the most fun. We've basically taken every single beer style you can imagine, and somebody's tried to turn it into an IPA. Honestly. Somebody's tried to turn, you know, black lager into an, an IPA. IPA. Yeah. Like, and some of them work, and some of them don't work so well. So some of them stick around, and they're kind of a staple in the IPA world now, and some of them are are just memories, you know? Yeah. When the New Englands came out, there was another one that came out almost right at the same time called Brute, 
a Brute IPA. Oh. So it was basically for a fermented, really, really dry or almost a no no sugar left, uh, like a champagne. Yeah. Right? Would they use a champagne um, yeast? Some folks did use a champagne yeast, yeah. or there's an enzyme that you can add to convert the sugar, so it'll break them down further, and so they, your normal ale, ale yeast will ferment it down gotcha. like that. So either one of those two ways they were being done, and I, I was intrigued by that because I like a drier IPA anyway. So yeah. like, this, uh, this is something that might stick. This New England thing's not, that's not going to be around. <laughs> so it uh, shows you how, how much I know. Yeah. <laughs> Because New right. England and Hazy's are the thing, thing now. now. And no, you didn't Nobody even know what a brew, brew was. was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, what's next? Another IPA. So the next IPA is our, is our standard West Coast IPA. It's called okay. Seatown IPA, which is... Uh, is it number seven? No, that's number seven is the one we're leaving. Okay. So it's the one 12. on the far end, number yep. 12. All right. And Seatown, uh, it's pretty obvious where that name came from. We were su- surprised it hadn't been used with so many breweries in town. Yeah, really? You know, Ben actually mm. suggested that name. He's like, I don't think anyone has it. I'm like, I'm sure somebody has it. But they didn't. So I don't know if you can get a shot of that can. It's a beautiful label. Who does your labels? I mean, they are all gorgeous. These city city ones are done by Epstein Design. They're here in town. And then some of the other ones we have are uh, done by a local artist named Han- Hannah Chambers. She just oh. graduated from uh, Cleveland Institute of Art a year or two ago and we signed her on to do to have to do some of the the fun labels that we do, like some of the one-off stuff. Yeah, off the air, you mentioned she uh, she made one called Galnado. Galnado's the next one that she has coming out. That's the that's the reveal coming soon. Very cool. Um, Galnado is a phenomenon that happens here on the river in the winter time, when the barges go by and kind of break up the ice and stirs up food for the seagulls. And there's millions of seagulls behind <laughs> the boats following. And like it's kind of scary if you're down here in it. Um, if you're caught in the Gulnado. Yeah, you get caught in the Gulnado. <laughs> so, yeah, we're excited about that one. That's a double IPA. We've been brewing for a few years for draft. This is the first time we're canning that one. Oh, really? So that'll be coming up here in October. It'll be available in the stores. Very cool. So, yeah, that, yeah, we're really excited about that one. And, and Hannah's label, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So. so she has another label that we're about to open up. And yeah. This one was, what is actually the name of it? It's a beautiful label with the lemons and the... The name of this beer is High Rent Lemon Girl. High Rent Lemon Girl. So the High Rent Lemon Girl is a song by our good friend, Austin Walking King. Kane, yep. He's a local blues legend um, and one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet, to be honest. So we had her do that. The theme was lemons, obviously. Yep. There's lemon zest, lemongrass, and then a spice called Grains of Paradise in mm-hmm. this beer. It's a Belgian white ale style, but we that, that's normally orange and coriander. So we changed out the orange and coriander for the lemony side of things. This is phenomenal. A, that is good. This is my favorite one yet. Yeah, me too. This is delicious. So this was uh, th- this just this year? So this is the first time we canned it. Like most of the beers, like the Golnado I talked about, we've been making it on draft. Um, I called Austin because it was... Uh, it was just an idea I had, you know, Damn, like a lot so of the years you'll find, you know, you get your normal ones. And I told you about these two names and uh, a lot of them are like subtle references to songs. Sure. Not not necessarily local, but that would happen to be a local one. And I was like, I really want to name a, a beer for one of your tunes. And he's like, which one? I'm like, thinking High Rent Lemon Girl. And the really <laughs> it wasn't because it was my favorite song that he has on one of his albums. Although it's a very good song. It was because there was the lemon in the title. Translated right yeah. to a beer. Yeah. As I listened to the song more and more and found out, figured out what it was really about, I was like, hmm, 
That's cool. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I'll let him tell you. If you ever see him live, he'll tell you. That's cool. This is delicious. This is, I, I, yeah. I agree with, with Graham. This is probably one of my favorites. Yeah. And the can art is just phenomenal. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Hannah Chambers, she did a great job on that. Um, really happy with some of the stuff she's doing. And even seeing the first drawings, there's actually a, if you go on our website, I think it's probably still up. You can find this video that she put on and it sped up the whole process <laughs> she went through to make that. And some of the last touches were like the musical notes are lemons, if you see them. Yep. Things yep. like that. Like, where I thought she's done. I'm like, it's beautiful. And she's like, no, I got one more idea. I was like, oh, man, it's way better now. So. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. What what style beer are you, A, do you like the best, if there is one? And what do you, what style beer do you like to brew the most, personally? Yeah. Uh, honestly, the brew part, it's very similar, no matter what you're doing. So I, I do like to brew. Now, this is weird because I, it's not my favorite style, the holiday yeah. spiced ales. Yes. You know, the, um, but it smells so good when we're brewing that beer. <laughs> yeah, like does. all the cinnamon yeah. and honey in there. Like, all of a sudden, like, it's holidays. That was my grandma's making apple pie yeah. like, in the whole building. So you're like, that is one of the great times when we're brewing those beers, when the brewery's brewing those beers. If you go up the, up the hill, it smells like that every day for a while. Um, <laughs> they brew a lot of that stuff up there. <laughs> Um, so what's that's your, one what's just your holiday because, ale called? Uh, Eight Crazy Nights. Nice, yep. We've been brewing that. Uh, we started, we're small, we're smaller. We don't brew as much, but that one goes in cans as well. That's delicious. Uh, we released that. late in October. And ours has a uh, local, local uh, apple cider from Quarry Hill Orchards. Love Quarry okay. Hill. Ben and uh, Ben and Brooke are some of my favorite units. Yeah, they are super nice. And we've been working with them for a couple of years on that now. We actually froze some of the cider because we can't get it soon enough to brew the first couple batches. So we froze some of it from last year and we used that. And then I just said, we got the phone with them today to order the rest that we need today. So it has that, cinnamon, and honey. That's really nice. Very it's a really cool. nice beer. But like I said, it's the aromas on brew day that make it one of my favorite ones. My favorite style beer to drink is really porters and stouts. Yeah. I always like the, the, uh, the darker beers like that. And then Belgian White Ale actually is one of my really? very, very favorite, which is the, ours is the Lemon Girl. Which is and, ridiculous. Uh, but that style in general, because a uh, beer and food thing, the Belgian White Ale is very versatile. It goes with a lot of things. And uh, it's, I've always enjoyed that style. Allagash White Ale, Allagash Brewing is probably my favorite beer that's really? ever been made. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, so when you were growing up, were, were you from a family that was interested in food or... Uh, no. my, gra- my grandmother cooked all the time. Yeah. She lived in at our house at a time. She lived right next door to us for a, time, a long time before that. And her and our neighbor across the street from us, well, they had been friends since before I was around. And, uh, yeah, they would sit there and they would just cook all day. You know, yeah. they would just cook all the time. And in Cleveland? Kinda, yeah, right in Lakewood, Ohio. Yeah, I grew up in Lakewood. Yeah. So I definitely grew up around it and watching her. And then when we were pretty young, I... Uh, mom started assigning us chores and you know, we, we fought my sister and i fought over the the cooking the cooking side oh nice we both wanted to do that instead of the cleanups oh yeah beats the yep. dishes yeah. any yeah. beats the dishes yeah. any day right so uh that started when as soon as we could reach the sink we started doing all that stuff. <laughs> that's cool are you the first brewer in your family yes to my knowledge yes <laughs> could have been some old from the, the old world maybe i'm not sure I remember um, like uh, being in college and buddies of mine trying to brew and yeah. just got awful the stuff yeah. that they would make. But you drink it because you're like it's free. Yeah, we made it. We made <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. it's not gonna I kill made, you. I made, some, I made some pretty bad stuff when I first started. I'll tell you. <laughs> we still like we drank, drank it. My friend that I started uh, 
And I started doing it with, we, we took one, one bottle from our first batch of beer and we kind of made a pact to, uh, you know, this bottle is going to be at whoever gets married first. Ah. And it was him. And we drank it. We toasted with it. And uh, we pretended it was good. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to take a break. This is Eric bringing you the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast sponsored by Heinen's. I'm here with Luke and Graham. And we're going to taste some tacos, I believe, at the next segment. So we will be back. We are back, Graham and Luke, Collision Ben, and Carl, Cooking with Carl. Actually, you guys had an interesting conversation before talking about Carl. Yeah, we were talking about, I was thinking when Carl first said his concept that is from his dog's point of view, Yeah, it popped into my head something with our brewer, Ben. He does it a lot for his dog at home. He makes spent grain dog biscuits. Awesome. Yeah, so basically you dry out some of the spent grain after the brewing process. And they use that as the base. It's just eggs and flour and some peanut butter. You bake those off, and uh, the dogs the dogs love them. So I oh, thought yeah, it would be bet. a great concept for your uh, your show. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, Carl loves beer. I give him a little sip every time. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. drinking some. So he gobbles it's it like up. This, so. It kind of does that without, right uh, the alley. without the damage. No, without okay. the damage. Yeah. <laughs> what type of dog is Carl, by the way? He is he's a mutt? typical mutt. Yeah, Good. he's got some uh, red coon hound, uh, a little bit of pit bull. He's a little bit stocky. stocky? That's where he's yeah. got the stocky from. But beagle. That's where he gets all his energy from, and he's just, he's all over the place. That's cool. That's awesome. Firecracker mix, it sounds like. So we have in front of us, why don't you tell us what we have in front of us? So we're going with, uh, so Jed, chef in the back here, uh, prepared our shrimp taco for you guys. Uh, He was explaining it to me, so I chose to do the Lake Erie Sunset. Uh, It's an American wheat beer with a... Some citrusy flavors. We put some blood orange in there and some orange zest. I thought it would go with the mango salsa nicely. And then there's a spiciness uh, to this as well. I'm going to taste this and bite into this. Mm. Yeah. So this is uh, this oh is like God. one of my one of my strong passions still in the, in oh the brewing world is, uh, is how well beer goes with food. Doing beer dinners and things like that. It really can open up. There's many, many times I've... I've done a pairing and someone's come in and tasted a beer that they maybe didn't think that they was their kind of thing you know like mm-hmm. a, like like a porter beer or a stout beer with with a nice piece of chocolate people are just blown away by stuff like that they're like who would ever think to you know have beer with dessert or you know things like that and you really open up some eyes to people understanding that you know maybe the style is just it's a whole new new way to explore and experience the you know, beer it, and food. That, so. so you bite into that taco and you take a sip of that. The taco itself is amazing. The shrimp and the slaw. And you got a little guac here. Oh, yeah, and then the you take that sip. It just puts it over the top. Yeah, it brings it all together. Brings it all together. Exactly right. This is am- absolutely amazing. This is the kind of food you want with beer. It's just yeah. it's bar so food, we, but it's perfect. Street food. So we work with our... Uh, their kitchen guys a lot. There's a, the French onion soup they, that they make back here is, is amazing, I think. And um, they actually come, come in here every time they're making it and they grab some of our barley. To, they, they have the blend. That they've perfected the blend they want to. So it's almost really? like a beer recipe. So they're taking our base two-row pale malt, some of uh, more of a caramelized malt, a crystal malt it's called, and they're blending that and they're steeping that in when they're making the, when they're making the soup. And then they're separating it out. It's just—it's almost like making beer. Really, right? they're separating it out at the end, 
Um, they're not running it through the mill like we would to crack the to crack the grains and get more of that that out of there. But they're getting that malty flavor in there and things like that. Rather than just cooking with beer, a lot of every brewery is going to tell you, "Oh, we cook with beer and we use beer in our batter," which we do. We do those things as well. But it's not just cooking with beer. They're going back to base ingredients that we make beer with Dang. and tying things in that way. So we have a lot of fun with working with these guys and coming up with ideas. I made some chili last fall and I steeped the some dried different kinds of chipotle peppers and some That's other genius. dried peppers. I'm going to try that out. And I, and I reconstituted them with hot wort from the brew from that day. Really? Yeah, and kind of made this nice, well, there's a lot of things you could do with it, just make it as a sauce or whatever. But, you know, I made the chili. I mean, like, I'm going to cook chili back in the kitchen today. Like, <laughs> got in everybody's way and it was, it was awful. But the chili came out good. But you had fun and the chili was yeah, good. Yeah, This just is stuff like that. This is tremendous. I love this. Graham, what any questions you have? What would you say your biggest uh, inspiration is for coming up with new beers or new flavors? Now the customers, really? honestly. Customers nowadays, I mean, we've tried a 25 plus years of, of doing this and trying to make stuff just for myself. It kind of doesn't work anymore. You got to gotta make what everybody likes. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, trends, trying to be ahead of them, trying to at least keep up with them. Um, sometimes so we talked about hazy beers earlier. We we kind of waited on that on that mm -hmm. trend, because um, it was a uh, it was inconsistent. I think from uh, from other brewers, there was inconsistent thing. We weren't sure what this was gonna be all about. Yeah. And then as they started getting better, we started leaning on some of our friends in the industry and saying what's working, what's not working. So we were late to the game on that, but a result of that is I think honestly you have a better beer. it's a well kept secret but we're making some of Benny, Ben's making some of the best hazies around yeah, right now in yeah, town okay. I really do think that okay. got a lot of people that once they're in here trying it they're, they're kind of eye, eye opening so okay. um, some trends you don't stay ahead of sometimes sometimes you are following but sometimes that's to your benefit because yeah. you can learn from other people's errors so. right right um, so yeah I think just feedback from customers seeing what's selling out there seeing what other breweries are doing uh, and then the kitchen, honestly. I love talking to the chefs because they have that that different, a little bit different of a mindset about flavors and mm -hmm. what what kind of works. And they'll come up with ideas for beers. Um, often. Really? Like, yeah, we should try we should try this or I don't know, any this or that. But I love just just you know, inspiring each other. Like I talked about how we work with the kitchen. And uh, it's just fun. And those guys just have some great ideas. Like, would you ever, did you guys ever do something like this? I'm like, no, we'll never. <laughs> um, you know, but sometimes it's like, hey, you know what? That's not a bad idea. We have a small, a smaller tank in the back we can play around with. So if it doesn't work out so well, you know, we don't either drink it ourselves or the worst thing that ever happens, it goes down the drain, which we don't like. But right, sometimes right. it happens. Right. But and if you're not trying new things, you're not going to ever know. Yeah, very true. Cleveland's a sports town. If you could work with one team, who would you want to work with? Well, I don't know if I want to give do any a of our do sports, a collaboration. Team, sports teams beer before they play. <laughs> I like to hang out with them for a beer after, yeah. after a victory, like Victory Monday, mm -hmm. right? Um, wow, so my, my passion's in sport. I love, I love all Cleveland sports. I mean, I grew I was born and raised here in Cleveland. So my, my two are baseball, football. So the Tribe and the Browns, or the Guardians and the Browns, almost. Yep, yep, time yep, to say that. Yep. But, uh, yeah, my son and I, he's 16, we've been going to uh, Tribe Games. We've had season tickets since the All-Star Game year a couple years wow, ago. Yeah. So we wanted to go to that, which was a, which was a great experience. Um, so probably probably the baseball team, but, I mean, it's hard to say that right now because the Browns are going. And they're, and they're yeah, good. They're yeah. really good, yeah. So 
I was I was born in born in a Browns helmet, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough call. It would be one of those two for sure. I mean, love the Cavs, and just not as much of a basketball yeah. guy. So you see your son following your footsteps? Is he uh, interested? I could. I I don't know. Maybe yeah. he's he actually works at the brewery here with us in oh, cleaning cool. kegs and stuff. Cool. Um, spot duty here and there on the summer. Obviously, more than now, he's focusing on school. I hope Good. right now. Um, but I don't know. Time will tell. You know, you never know. I can see him. He's, he's a science nut. So I can see him ending up in a brewery lab someday before he ends up on the, <laughs> on the, on the grunt side like I started. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, only time will tell with that. He's, uh, he's good. He's a good kid. So wherever life takes him. Yeah. Any final parting words, Graham? No, I appreciate you having us out here. It's beautiful view, even though it's raining. But it's I can see why people come here. Awesome food. Awesome beer. Awesome food. Awesome What's beer. not to like? Yeah, exactly. Look, one thing that, during this whole interview that's really come out is just kind of like your passion for what you're doing yeah. and your passion for Cleveland. And it's oh, been, yeah. this has been an absolute blast. I really, really appreciate yeah. you taking the time and, and letting us do this. And as Graham said, the food and the beer is absolutely amazing. I mean, you, you guys are making some of the best beer in Cleveland and thank you for allowing us to be part of it. Oh, thanks for coming down. I appreciate it. And thank you to Heinen's for sponsoring the podcast as always. Until next time, this is Eric Graham and Luke, the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast, sponsored by Heinen's. Until next time, peace. Thanks for joining on the Craft Food Classroom podcast, where we help make food business simple at every stage of growth. Brought to you by Central Kitchen Media. To learn more about what we're doing, visit us at thecentral.kitchen. Please subscribe to this podcast to learn more about food entrepreneurs and their experience in the craft food business. This podcast is brought to you by Heinen's. Founded in 1929 in Shaker Heights, Ohio, by local butcher Joe Heinen, Heinen's has grown to 23 total locations, with 19 stores in the Cleveland area and four in the North Shore suburbs of Chicago. After years of building connection with Midwest farmers, it became a part of Heinen's nature to do business with smaller regional companies. Today, Heinen's is proud to carry nearly 700 Midwest-made non-produce items that are present in all departments. For more information, go to Heinen's.com.